that song gets me going. Anybody else, that song gets you going. Praise the Lord. I want to share a verse with you. It's out of Psalm. Uh, it says this, uh, Psalm chapter 27, wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and what church? And wait for the Lord. That's what it says. I think there's something incredibly powerful about waiting on God. Now, I know we live in a microwave generation, don't we? We like things quick. We're impatient if Starbucks takes too long. I mean, that's just where we're at. What's wrong with this? Why is my phone not working? What's going on? But when you wait on God, God is teaching you to depend and rely on God. God is teaching you that he is all you teaching you to walk by faith and not by sight even though you don't see things happening even though that prayer is not being answered quickly you're learning to wait on God and he's building you up and he's making you stronger wait for the Lord be strong let's read it together out loud guys wait for the Lord be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Turn to someone and just say, that message is for you. Can you do that? Tell them, tell them, wait on the Lord. Tell them, wait on the Lord. Tell them, wait on the Lord. Can you do that? Oh, let's pray. Thank you, God, for this word. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. And Lord, I know someone, first of all, needs to hear that word. So uh, if that's you, would you just receive that word? Wait on the Lord wait on the Lord and just tell God right where you're at say God I'm going to choose to wait on you I'm going to put my trust and faith in you and even though I don't see anything happening I know you are working God so I'm going to trust you with my past and present and future and I'm gonna trust you with my life I'm gonna trust you God with my marriage, my children, my home, my family, my health, my finances. I'm going to wait on you, God. I'm going to trust you to deliver me. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to say that. God, I'm trusting you to deliver me. Thank you, God, for church. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. And right now, God, we just ask you to move in a mighty way in the heart of every soul. May those watching online right now be changed. May those who are here in the house, in person, God, may they be changed by your spirit, oh God. Break down walls, Lord. Set captives free. And breathe new life, God. Give us hope. Somebody needs hope, Lord, so I pray that you give them hope today. Encourage that soul, Lord, and heal that broken spirit. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Turn to someone again and tell them, wait on the Lord, and then you can have a seat. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Thanks for being here. 
Thanks for being here. Well, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, so so glad you came to church. Those of you who are online, thank you for being online. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we're excited about whether whether you're a mom or not. Every, I think everybody has a mom. And if, by the grace of God, your mom is uh, nearby, uh, make sure you say Happy Mother's Day to her. Um, you know, there's we have a special edition I want to share with you. We have a program that we've been doing for close to a year. And it's called uh, 10 Above. Anybody know what that's about, 10 Above? This is something we do. Um, we at Thorn Creek Church are intentional about loving people outside the walls of the church. And you're going to hear about that today. But we're also intentional about loving inside the walls of the church. We believe a healthy church does both, love inside and outside the walls. We try to do both all the time, yeah. So uh, we do this, and every every uh, few months or so, actually it's probably a few weeks, we ask people to give an extra $10 above their normal giving, above their normal giving, and we bless someone um, in an unexpected way. So today, we want to show you a Mother's Day special edition. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I really wanted to ask you just what it's like to be a mom. Um, so could you tell us what is being a mom to you? Could you describe it? Um, just giving my all to my boys and being there. I have an autistic son who is 13. It is very difficult at times. And then I have my eight-year-old 50-50. Um, but I give my boys my all even when I'm struggling and dealing with my own stuff. Um, yeah. My boys are my number one priority. I put them first before myself. Yeah, so Mother's Day is kind of interesting. Every year for the last three years, he's hurt himself. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this year, like, we're putting you in bubble wrap. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, like, my oldest son, he always, you know, is making me smile, even in the struggling times. And that's awesome. I just, I love my boys. Yeah. Everything to me. That's awesome. What are some of the difficulties about being a mom? I'm a single mom. Um, it is very hard having an autistic son who also has some mental health stuff. Um, it's really hard feeling like you don't have support. Like my parents are there to help and I have some amazing support here at the church, but I'm that mom that I'm like, I can do it alone. I don't want to ask for help. And so I think that's been my biggest challenge as a mom is doing it on my own. I have been a single mom off and on for 13 years. It, I just became a single mom in August, uh, left a domestic violence situation, and so it was really hard to remind myself that I could do it alone, um, and I didn't need a man to help take care of me. So it's, it is challenging as a single mom trying to balance school and work and two kids and all the therapies we're doing to help the boys and I get through everything we left in August. In some way, um, it's hard because as a single mom, you know, it's paycheck to paycheck sometimes. I work for the schools and not knowing, you know, what's going to happen. Come June, we go on break the end of August, or the end of May, sorry, yeah. and don't go back until August. So as registered behavioral technicians is what I am. We don't get paid, we're classified. So we don't get paid through the summer. Oh wow. Yeah. So how has this transition been um, since August for you and your boys? It's been really hard. Um, I will be honest, Jackson has struggled with mental health. We both have and I finally have accepted like it's okay to get help. It's okay 
that you have depression. It's okay to have anxiety and it's okay to go on meds. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But for Jackson, it's been really hard. And so this summer when you don't have a job and he's home, right? Yes, he how, will be home. How has that been in the past during the summer? So I've always had somebody with me in the summers. Um, so I've had that support, even if it was a negative situation. It has been hard, I'll be honest. My relationship with God um, has really started to grow just recently. I have two amazing mentors here in the church that have taken me under their wing, and I couldn't ask for a better group of women to help me through that. I've also joined some groups and been part of those. Um, even through the struggles, like God will always have you. He always finds a way. Um, that's one thing that I do remind myself, like money comes in sometimes randomly and I'm like, thank you, God. Like I didn't know that was going to happen and God always knows what he's going to do um, in our lives. And no matter, you know, if you're angry with him or not, he always knows what the next thing is going to be. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for just coming and recording your story and letting us into your life. Um, I know that being a single mom is not an easy thing to do, and you are such a beautiful story of strength and of connection to Thorn Creek, and we love you so much. I love you guys too. Thank you guys so much for everything and everybody that's taken me in and mentored and not judged my story. Yeah. Before we wrap up, um, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. We have something here at Thorn Creek called 10 Above, where every once in a while we ask the whole church to give $10 above their normal tithe in order for us to bless someone. And this month you were nominated and chosen to receive our 10 Above check. So we have a check for you for $1,000. <laughs> you have a community who loves you so much and we had so many people nominate you and we were so excited to be able to bless you in this way. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot. It does and I want all the moms out there to know too if you're in a domestic violence situation and you are afraid to leave it's okay. You will get through it. God will provide and just know that no matter what you have people who love you and so we want to be here to support you. That is something I want to really push yeah. for moms that are going through that and don't know how to get out. Yeah. It is okay. Thank you for your strength, Tony. You are amazing. You guys so much. Of course. We love you so much. We're so glad you're here. Well, praise God. Thank you, all of you who have given to this uh, 10 above cause, and it's so cool. I think, you know, we give $1,000, but, you know, when you give that to someone, I think it's worth more because we're telling them we see you, we love you, we care about you. I love the fact that we have mentors around Tony as well, and it's not just a check. I, I just love that. So for those of you who have given, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are making a difference. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just so excited about that. I want to say although also, uh, today uh, is another 10 Above weekend. 
So if you would like to give uh, an extra $10 above your, your offering, you can scan that QR code on the screen, and we're, we're going to prayerfully, and it is there's a lot of prayer behind this. We will prayerfully select someone that we know who's going through a hard time and needs to be encouraged. So, uh, Lord willing, we'll have another 10 above recipient in a few few weeks or months. So, so please uh, be a part of that. I also want to let you know about an organization that we partner with. It's called Hope House. And it's a house that uh, uh, focuses on on teenage young ladies who are moms. And we actually visited them. They're in Arvada, Colorado, and we visited them um, a few months ago, quite a few months ago, and we loved on them, and we want to continue a relationship with them. So what we're doing is in the front of the church, the front lobby and the back lobby, you'll find a table there, and you'll find a card uh, that says, Bless a Mom, and what we're doing is collecting supplies. This is a great organization that helps young moms get on their feet. So please pick up this card. All the instructions are on here, but we want you to help out. You can provide supplies, bring the supplies back over here, and then we're going to bless them and take all the supplies to them in a few weeks. So that's an opportunity for you. So... Thanks for being a part of it. Now, after I've said those two things, I want to say one more thing. Here, here's what I want to say. Your church, this church, Thorn Creek Church, believes that Jesus changes lives. Everything we do is because of the name of Jesus Christ, and we want people to know Jesus, and we show love in action. We show love financially in the hopes that people will see the love of God. Now, having said that, I want to just say this one thing in here. That is why we give. That is why we give in this church. There are people in this church who honor God with 10% of their income. And that's income, salaries, bonuses, commissions, whatever. And they honor God with 10%. And that's what keeps this church going strong. It's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. I've been doing it for a long time. So I want to encourage you. Honor God with that with that tithe. Do it on a monthly basis. It makes budgeting much easier <laughs> when people give on a regular monthly basis. So please do that. And I, I felt like that's on my heart because in a few weeks, I'm going to share a new budget number. I'm working with our finance team and our board about this, which is really exciting. But uh, please prayerfully start that spiritual habit. It makes a difference and it makes it possible for us to love on people, love on organizations, and do all the wonderful things that we do. All right. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we, we have a, a special, a special guest in the service today. Uh, would you show your appreciation to my wife, Grace? Can you do that, guys? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to share our life a little bit with you. I thought about, you know, Mother's Day message and and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about our home. We, don't, we do not have a perfect house, isn't that right, baby? We don't have a perfect yeah, house. I'm in it. So we don't have the perfect house, but we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about conflict. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about children. And so hopefully there's going to be something there for you that you can take home. That's our prayer that we just look to God's word and we talk about this, this stuff. So did you want to say hello? Let me say hello. 
Well, yes, I want to just thank everyone for being here tonight. And again, it is always just a pleasure and a joy to come and join my husband and get to share just a little bit of our lives yeah. in the past few years. So here we go. Yeah. So incidentally, uh, for those of you who are here in person, we have a Mother's Day photo op available for you. So it's in the front of the lobby. So if you came in the back, walk to the front, and it's a great place for you to for you to take a picture. Uh, I want to start off with reading Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 5 through 9. This is arguably uh, one of the more popular, famous passages in the Old Testament that relates to uh, a home and raising children. And, and, and it is a lot said in it. But verse 5 says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. There's a lot in there, isn't there? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And this passage says God is in the center of it. And if you want to have a strong home, you build your house on God's word. You build your house on God's word. You talk about God's word. You talk about his virtues. You talk about his faithfulness. You always help each other. We have to encourage each other. And you help your children understand, look, did you see what God just did? Did you see how God just moved? And it never stops. But it's this awareness that, you know, the strength of our home is not in me. The strength of the home is in God, in God our Savior. We have a picture here. We're going to show you some pictures, guys, here. There's a picture of um, my son, who's now 23, and my daughter, who's now... Oh, baby, she's 19 years old. Yeah, she's 19 years old, and she's about to graduate. So we basically, and, and then Pastor Ruben and I have been married for about 31 years, so we have raised our children here at this church. And so one of the things that I want to mention here when I see this picture is how much I prayed for my children. I really did, and that's the one thing I would tell any parent, any new parent, and even if your children are out of the home, I would say pray, pray for them, all right? It doesn't matter if you think about, whenever you think of them, and intentionally, you pray for them every single time. And one of my prayers was that my children would, would love each other, and would love God. And so it started really young. Uh, here you see Josiah just hanging out with Hannah, and we really love that. We, we've seen that. And then the other things that we've done is just model. Uh, we, try, we really do model uh, what it is to love Jesus, and we're honest and transparent with them, and we share with them, uh, you know, w depending on their age, but we've always been able to share with them what's going on in our lives and our hearts, how we handle things. If they see us blow it, we ask them for forgiveness, oh. and we tell them why, and we show them what, you know, what they need to do. I remember sometimes I would ask, well, many times I would ask my children, um, I would present to them a, an adult problem. I would say, hey, this happened. What do you think we should do? And just let them you know, work through that a little bit. And then I would, we would coach them early on about how to work through problems with God, how to trust God. And in our home, um, our home, a life of a pastor's home, you're just giving 
all the time. And your life is, is uh, visible all the time. But we decided to include our children in ministry. So they've always been involved in ministry. I'm grateful that both of them love Jesus and both of them are serving in his church. I'm so humbled by that and grateful for that. All the glory goes to God. It's because of a lot of prayer. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a lot of prayer. But, uh, but we've just chosen, we're going to teach them how to process. It's so important that your child processes with you. It's so important that they learn how to work that muscle. And they talk about how they're feeling. They talk about their day. They talk about their relationships. They talk about who they ate with in the cafeteria. All that kind of stuff. But you, you, see, you see this. Um, Ephesians, did you have anything else about that photo you want to share, babe? Oh, I'm just, I'm just grateful um, that God heard my prayer and that we were able to raise our children. Now they're, you know, 23 and 19, and Josiah is an old married guy now, <laughs> married to his beautiful wife. So it's That's just, right. it's really been, I would say, a, a blessing and an Amen. honor uh, to be able to raise our kids in the church. It doesn't always happen this way, uh, but I'm going to tell you, it, it, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of time on your knees, uh, and honestly, being just being honest and authentic with them. I can't, I can't not stress that enough because just know that your children they see everything and they feel it all mm. even when you try to hide it from them mm. because they're in the home they're going to sense it they're going to hear it and they're not going to understand it so it's really up to mom and dad to talk to them to share with them what's really going on and it's okay yeah. your kids can handle a lot i know they can mm. that authenticity is so important they look at mom and dad you're the most important coach and influencers in their life. And they learn how to be authentic and they learn how to be inauthentic. Go ahead, baby. So let's show them a time when we were really real. You're going to hear this. You're going to see this right now. I want to share with you Ephesians chapter six here, guys. Uh, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. It actually pleases God when you honor mom and dad. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. When I look at that verse, I'm like, well, where's the mothers in here? How come it's just picking? Why is God picking on the dads? But I, I think, you know what? I can't tell you how many times as a dad where I feel like I blew it. I got upset, got angry, and I've just been praying. I said, Lord, I pray that I don't need counseling because of my mistake. I just pray that prayer. But instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6. Parents, it's your responsibility to show them who Jesus is. It's your responsibility to teach them God's word. Well, as you know, in every home, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes there's conflict. Take a look at this. Alrighty, guys, I'm back again, and we're on our way to Niagara Falls. Right, unfortunately, <laughs> the last video I videotaped was, um, I guess practice. It didn't. Right now, to do the feet thing again. Alright, so there's my sister again. Alright, so, we went to a Broadway show. We went to where? Why don't you walk it through everything? No. All right. The first day we were we went to Times, Times Square. Square. We got spit out. Whoa! It felt like we spit. All right. So when my parents are sweating, my dad is just fast. I mean, he's out the door, ready to go home. And my mom, well, 
she takes her time in every step she takes. And, um, well, um, when you put them in New York in Times Square, it's not a good combination. So my dad's wanting to do whatever. Oh, we want to go to, like, FAO Shorts, the big candy store, and, um, well, we... We didn't it really did make it. It did not go so well, so we had to change some stuff. Um, so, my dad was hurrying up and trying to get there, wherever he wanted to go. And my mom's taking her time, trying to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich in the middle of Times Square. Don't fit And my mom, my dad is angry. He my yanks team. Hannah. And Hannah starts team. crying. Then it's, and then. And she slams the door and then, on my foot. And then dad makes. And then dad makes mom stop where she was and in the middle of the street, start making a peanut butter jelly sandwich right in front of a homeless guy. And it was just, there, yes, there, mom, there was a homeless guy. But finally, we, and, then, and my mom was just like running towards F.E.O. Short. She was mad. She was angry. <laughs> there's a slice of our life right there. That there's a lot of truth to that. That we were on my sabbatical at that well, time. Go ahead, we baby. We couldn't hide. I mean, we couldn't hide what was going on. We were in this yeah. little car for quite a quite a few weeks, and they the kids saw everything. And so we had to really understand. We had to make a conscious decision here that we were on the same side, yeah. right? We were both coming at it from different angles. Both Ruben and mm -hmm. I were. We just uh, I was more interested in feeding the children. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. And he had an agenda. He didn't want us to miss this big, uh, this site, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't even, I actually don't remember much don't of it, either. but I do remember this specific scene. And I was telling Josiah, there was no homeless guy. I did not see the homeless guy, but he apparently was there. there was. He was there. Yeah, that's what I hear, but I didn't even see it because I was so focused on making that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay? Yeah. Even in the car, did you notice the kids, uh, Jay and, and Han, they love each other very much, but Hannah wanted her space, so she put a blanket up between him, and, or, right, and then we're in, she's in the back seat, and she has a blanket up like a wall, too, and you see her poking her head out and sticking her feet up and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you see that happen. Well, conflict happens. Conflict happens. Colossians chapter 3 says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. Say forgive with me, church. Say forgive. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. It's so easy, guys, isn't it? It's so easy. No, not at all. It's not easy at all. You know, we have to, uh, we have to forgive each other. We have to forgive each other. How do you think, baby? What, what do you? What would you say to that uh, that parent or or that person that's living in a home with someone else, uh, maybe a roommate or whatever? How do you forgive? How do you How do you do that? What would you say? Well, I would say you really can't forgive unless you really uh, understand that 
we were you were forgiven first, right? Christ gave you know gave us that opportunity, right? That choice to ask for forgiveness, and He forgives us. And so we really have to then model that. And I think as parents, that's a really important thing. And I know I said it uh, at the beginning because I I think we need to reinforce that that we need to con continually uh, ask for forgiveness, especially to our children. I think that really means a lot to them because they see they see that we're broken, that we're that we're not always right, that we mess up, right? And in, in this case, it was funny. I mean, the, our kids thought it was hilarious, but in the moment, it wasn't a lot of fun. <laughs> in the moment, we were really upset at each other, and our kids saw that, uh, and we had to just stop. We had to take a deep breath. Um, and we had to realize that, hey, we're all on the same team. We all want the same thing. We're just hot and we're hungry. Mm. And we want to get somewhere on time. Hangry. <laughs> Hangry. Leviticus chapter 19 says this, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And if there's uh, one thing I think I've learned is, and you see this in different homes, um, you teach your children how to forgive by asking forgiveness from them. That's how you model it. But the other side is true, too. You can teach your child how to hold a grudge. You can teach them how to hold a grudge. And, and uh, they can pick up on that. And, and the hard thing about that, an old children's pastor friend of mine used to tell me, teach your children how to forgive because they're going to be hurt in life. People are going to hurt them. And if you teach them how to forgive, they're going to learn to live life with a light heart. You know, because when you have grudges and you bear a grudge, it affects you. It affects your spirit. It affects, it affects your soul. It affects your ability to trust. It affects your willingness to engage. It affects all those things. So you can teach your child how to hold a grudge or how to forgive. Yeah, or how to forgive, how to forgive. Um, did you have anything else you want to share about, share about that, baby? We can talk about marriage if you want. Yeah, I think we need to move on to marriage because we're yeah. We a lot to share. Well, and this is still a work in progress, so please hear that. Uh, Ephesians chapter five says, "Further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ." And there again, it's pointing to Jesus. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, and let them watch ESPN anytime they want, and give them sunflower seeds. That's what scripture says. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Can I get an amen from some man out there? Can all men say? But check this out. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. I think, I, I just, um, you know, men, we should care about the spiritual lives of our women. We should encourage our women to grow closer to God. And, and uh, I, I know I sh my wife encourages me to grow closer to the Lord, but it, it, benefits, it benefits everyone when, when we do this. Uh, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, 
You know what, baby? Why don't you read? Why don't you read verse twenty-eight uh, or twenty-eight through thirty-three? Why don't you do that? Well, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of His body. As the scriptures say. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I think this only works if both have a desire to grow closer to Jesus. See, I think it's the only way it works. You know, life gets crazy and we get busy. Um, share with everyone how you stay close to Jesus. How, what is that? What does your devotion look like? Share with everyone that. Well, let's see. I have learned, actually, what works for me, and, and it can work differently for everyone, but I'm actually a night person, and, yeah. I, and I used to always read uh, my Bible right before bed. So I still do that because that always gets me in a good place uh, for bed. But what I've learned is I pretty much, uh, when I wake up, the first thing I do you know, is get ready for the day, um, and then I like to get my breakfast and my coffee, and then I like to have my devotion time with God. Um, it's really quiet, it's really personal, uh, and that time can, for me, has honestly, depending on the stage of life that I've been with my children, that's really dictated how much time I get with God, uh, at least for that devotion time, right? Because if, you know, if they need me, I needed it to be, I need to be available to them. But as time goes on and they get older and they do give you time, they kind of understand that mom needs that mm -hmm. time. And so I've just learned to do that. I always start my day. That's the, that's my favorite thing to do. And then I like to pray after my devotion. Um, and then I know I'm starting my day. Uh, I'm starting it strong. I've started with, started it with uh, positive things and and edifying words, which is a scripture and a lot of prayer. Mm. And then another thing I like to do is um, I like to read my Bible uh, entirely from front to back. I like to read my Bible, and it takes me a couple of years, sometimes a little bit longer, depending if I pull other devotions or I'm doing other things. Uh, but I like to read it, and that's all I do. I don't, I don't listen to other people's words. I just read the scripture, and I underline it, and I read through it, and I pray through it. Um, and it takes me about two years, and then when, or maybe even three years at times. And then when I'm done with that Bible, I'm done, and I put it away, and then I go buy a new Bible, because I'm going to start all over again. Because you know what? I've just learned. Um, every time I read the Bible, there's always something new. Mm. I mean, it really is. It's amazing. It's, it's just an extraordinary thing that happens. You can read that same script, scripture uh, at different times in your life, and it's going to tell you something different. I think uh, in marriage, there's, it's, um, you think about it, there's two different people mm -hmm. that are coming together, mm -hmm. and they both have baggage, mm -hmm. and they both have all these experiences, and they're both under construction. And they're coming together, and really what they're doing is just choosing to grow together. Mm -hmm. Really, that's what it is. It's a, it's a choice to say, hey, you know what? You have flaws. I have flaws. But we're going to grow together. And, and that's really what it is. I have a picture of us on a date. We like going out on dates. And 
sometimes a date, I guess, could mean going to Costco or something like that. But uh, but but this was in downtown Denver. I, we went to eat and got some coffee or something like that. But I think it's good for us to just be together, and and we serve together at church as well, don't we, baby? Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about family. I like what, what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. He said, so I recommend having fun. Isn't that good? I recommend having fun. Um, because there is nothing better for people in the world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. Isn't that cool? Bible says, you know what? Do life with God and have fun. Enjoy yourself. It's a good thing to laugh. I like this picture because here's our picture with our, our new daughter. And uh, I, I love the fact that we can laugh together. And that's a, that's a treasure, isn't it? That's a treasure. Yeah, and I actually want to talk a little bit about that because, let's be honest, in-laws aren't always easy, right? <laughs> and part of the reason is they're not part of our family, right? They're different. They have different ideas or raised different. They, they, we're just different. And so it takes a lot of intentional time and prayer and work to really bring an in-law into your family. Mm. And so um, Kaylee has just been a treasure. She really has. She has just come in with, I've always said she's, this, she's sort of been quiet and unassuming, but just jumped in and just became part of her family. And one of the things I can tell you is that I remember distinctly praying um, that God would give me a special love for her. Because I didn't just want her uh, to be married to my son. I wanted her to feel like she was part of her family. Mm -hmm. And I knew that wasn't going to be easy because it just isn't, right? Um, it never is. But I'll tell you this much. I prayed. I asked God. I asked him, Lord, please uh, show me. Tell, show me what I, who I need to be as a mother-in-law um, to just... Uh, love her yeah. and he he really did that and i have to i i, I can honestly tell you um, that i love her deeply and i know that it grows every day every time i spend time with her every time we spend time with her um we have we have we have so much fun um there's this scripture so i'm gonna jump to it because sure. i want to show the next picture i'm dying to show them the next picture it's in matthew 7 24 to 25 and it says therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And that rock is Jesus. Amen. That rock is Jesus. And so why I'm excited about showing you this picture is because one of the things that we do as family is that we've learned uh, and actually, it started back in that, when you saw that video in 2012, mm. our family uh, took a long, long trip together. And there's nothing like being in a car for weeks and weeks on end in a small four-door <laughs> sedan uh, to really teach you so much about being together. And one of the things we learned was how much we really love each other and how much we have fun and we laugh. Yep. And so we uh, just plan trips every year with the entire family and of course now that Kaylee's with us oh my goodness we love to include her and so Hannah is graduating from high school and she asked that she we take her to Paris wow so we prayed and prayed and prayed and God allowed it to happen it was really a sweet gift 
And one of the amazing memories, and we've created lots of memories. We laughed a lot. We, we, we ate lots of different foods. We got lost. And we got upset at each other a lot because we were all trying to figure, actually, Hannah and Kaylee were always stand back. While the three firstborns, that yeah. was Pastor Ruben, Josiah, and myself, uh, would argue about how to get onto the subway, right? Because it was in a different language, and we were all trying yeah. to figure it out. I was right most of the time. <laughs> Well, yeah, he was, but that's that's tough though. It's tough to be together like this. Um, but you know what? One of the this is why it's so important because when you when we came back, so much has happened. Life just happens, and um, we're getting ready to launch Hannah into college. And so this is going to be one of the a sweet sweet memory. And I know, and even now, when I've had some tough days, because I've had some tough days. I can close my eyes and I can remember some of these beautiful memories. And one of my sweet memories um, is, is, is Kaylee um, fell in love with the Eiffel Tower. She just loved it. She loved the way the lights turned on and we would rush and we would try to get, do everything we could to at least see the Eiffel Tower as much as we could. And so on one of these nights, um, Han and Kaylee looked at each other and just started dancing because every, I think every, on, the, on every hour, the lights turn on and blink. And it's like a big party, like, like fireworks go off. And Han and Kaylee just hugged each other and just started dancing. And it is one of the most beautiful gifts that I have because there God showed me what a gift we have in sweet Kaylee, how much she loves our family and loves Hannah. And I was just so grateful in that moment that God gave us that. And I will definitely treasure that um, for a very long time. I think, uh, I think about the joy of the Lord is my strength. And laughter is a wonderful thing. I think one, one thing we have learned to do is laugh at ourselves. Some people have a hard time laughing at themselves. They just take things personal and they become angry and why are you laughing at me? But we have learned to laugh at ourselves. And looking back at situations when I wasn't the best uh, model of a pastor, let's just say it that way, or we can look back and we just laugh at ourselves. So we have all these inside jokes in our family, like protein, I need protein. I need, all of us know what that means. That's an inside joke. And we have all these inside jokes and we can go back and we can laugh at ourselves and say, you know what? I was just in a bad place. I was hungry. I don't know where I was at. And we just laugh together. I think it's so important to laugh. It's so important to laugh. Uh, it, uh, joy is a wonderful, a wonderful gift. We have this picture of us in, uh, in uh, I think this was a subway we were in and we were riding along. But uh, that whole trip to Europe, it was a blessing. But you know what my favorite time was? We had just got these crepes from heaven. They were amazing. And we, it was late. And we put in about 20,000 steps every day. It was a lot of walking and it was a lot of fun. But we said, well, we got to go catch the bus. We were just doing bus, trains, and subways. So we went to this bus stop and it was late. I think it was close to 11 o'clock at night in Paris or something like that. And we were like, we got to wait. And we're waiting there and waiting there. And we just are laughing and acting silly. All of us hid around the bus stop to hide from Grace. And, and she comes around going, boo, you know, scaring all of We're just acting silly. That's all we're doing. We're just laughing. And then we're there for like 30 minutes and 40 minutes. And then someone says, hey, I wonder if the bus is going to come by. 
and we're still there and then a bus shows up with here comes a bus and then it's the wrong number and then we're like oh let's just wait and then we just stay we're like an hour and then the next bus comes by well this has got to be it and then that bus driver tells us no the bus stopped running here like two hours ago you know what guys my best memory was that bus stop we weren't doing anything there was no event we were not climbing anything we were in, we were just laughing we were just laughing and I, ha I don't have one picture of us at that bus stop I wish we did but that's my best memory there's something about joy I think in every home I think what all of us want and love is peace isn't it nice when your home is a sanctuary from the crazy world you say I want, I want peace in my home and, and when you have, when you guys are together and you're centered on Jesus and you can laugh at each other and you forgive and you grow together in the Lord and you worship together, all those things, there's, there's peace. I want to close by reading this word. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And that's what uh, endures through every circumstance. I mean, we all have, you know, circumstances, don't we? Time, high times, low times, complicated times, stressful times, all that stuff. But would you choose to go through it and would say, we're going to lean on Jesus. I love sending verses to my family. And just verses like God speaks to me in the morning and I'll send them a devotion. Or not a devotion, but just a word. Just to let them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. Did you have any closing remarks you want to share? Maybe? Oh, I, I think it's just, um, I, I think the, one of the things I want to leave everyone with is it's really not easy to raise a family to raise children, right? Especially in these times. I would say at any time, but I would say we've been through quite a bit of, of tough things, right? And it's just not easy. So I would say stick together, pray together, come to church together, serve together, and model. Like I, Again, model. Be real to your children. They see everything. They really do. And love them. Be genuine um, and be compassionate. There's just so much there. Um, it's not easy, I think, as a parent. Um, as a mother of these two young adults, I would say that uh, putting my life and my hands in, in, in Jesus has been everything because he will always guide you. I mean, there were, there were so many times that I would, uh, I would be scared. I mean, I'm a mom like everyone else, and there were times when I would really be scared for my kids. I would be really worried and concerned, and if they hurt, I hurt. I mean, that's how it, it works. And I, that's when I actually knew that my love for Kaylee was real because she had hurt herself while we were on one of the vacations. Yeah. And that night, yeah. I couldn't sleep because I was so concerned for her. And I remember praying for her because I didn't want her to hurt. And I realized as I was praying for her, I was like, Lord, it's real. <laughs> I really, truly yeah. love her because I don't want her. I want her to enjoy this vacation. I want her not to be hurting. Yeah. And so that's what I would say. It takes a lot of prayer to raise to raise children into the into young adults. And I don't and I know for a fact that I am not going to stop praying for my children yeah. and for their children and for their children. And a lot of prayer for each other. 
a lot of prayer for each other. A lot of prayer. Sometimes I think the prayer is God, you know, fix her. But the Lord always says, Reuben, I want to start with you. I want to start with you. So there's a lot of prayer all the time. The Lord and I, we talk. We have history. We have history. But God hears our prayers. So um, I also want to say thank you to Thorn Creek Church. You guys have been amazing in our home. You guys have been loving. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of pastors that don't have the kind of love and support uh, like this church does with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you, church. You're a big part of it. There's a lot of surrogate uncles and aunts in this church in our home. And and we love you guys so much. So thank you for, for your support. It means so much to us. Thank you. Well... God is good. God is good. Can we thank God for his word, guys? Can we thank God for his word? I want to say a prayer. God, thank you for your grace and your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being with us. And we thank you for your faithfulness, God. You are the one that deserves all the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. Everything we have is from your hand, God. And Lord, I pray right now for every home, man, woman, young and old, single and married, Children or no children, we all need you, God. Would you move in every heart, Lord? Help us to forgive ourselves. Help us to forgive others. I pray we receive your forgiveness. Help us to laugh at ourselves, God, because we're just goofy people at some at times, Lord. And, and Lord, we just need your grace. Continue to work in us. I pray, Lord, that your word becomes more and more central in every home. I pray that you have your way in every heart, God. Work in every man. May we, may we love you above everything else. And every woman, the same, Lord. Love you above everything else. I pray for every marriage. I pray, God, that every man loves his wife like you love the church. And I pray she loves him just as you have called her to submit and respect and support, Lord, because we just need each other. I pray also for that single person. Maybe they're, they're, they're not married, but I pray, God, that they grow closer to you and trust you with their future, Lord. Because we all need you and we're trusting you with everything. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your grace. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.